0: We are in our number two, puck and gas from the Carter Volkswagen Studio. Uh, joining us now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. He was there all last night. He had to deal with Furness. And then he goes from uh, Furness to Softy. And then he has to end his night uh, staring at me and wondering what the hell happened to my career that I'm staring across <laughs> the table from Jason Puckett. But here he is, our executive, a longtime uh, member of front offices with the Carolina Panthers, also the Rams, Tony Softly joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Hey, Tony.
1: Hey, what's going on, fellas?
0: Nothing, buddy. You get uh, you get much sleep last night? We, at, we, uh, we finished up uh, kind of late last night, but... Uh, here we go again. It's around it's two and three, the second day of the draft. You ready to go?
1: Yeah, I'm ready to go, man. It's uh, checking in with Ian at two and, and looking forward to that. And and I heard you, uh, you know, I, I love uh, working with you and Chuck and, and Hugh. Uh, it's, it's a highlight of the draft, man. There's no question about that.
2: The second day, it, it's fun. The first day, there's so much pomp and circumstance, and there's 10 minutes between picks, and it's a, it's a huge dog and pony show that's put on, and everybody gets caught up in it. I'm assuming that in your business, Tony, over the years, the second and third day is when you really start cutting the cards a little bit and trying to really make—not that your first-round pick should be ignored or not thought of—but you know what I mean. It, it becomes a little more intricate now and a little speedier, right?
1: Yeah, it comes speedier. You know, as you mentioned, the first round is a big show. I mean, it's the—you uh, know, it's the. It's the biggest uh, bonanza of NFL. It's the it's the biggest off-season event other than the Super Bowl. So uh, the first round, you just kind of take it in, uh, make sure that you're handling your business, but you have to really hone in uh, on the second day, and then it gets even faster, uh, rounds four through seven. Things start to speed up. You've got to be more precise on your thinking. Uh, your scenarios have to be in check. You have to be in tune to what's going on not only on your board, but what's going on within the draft that might affect your board and where you might move or where you might uh, suggest to your, your head coach and, and the coordinators where uh, the direction you should take. Uh, it, it's, it does speed up. It really does.
0: Let me give you some uh, some news on the Seahawks just uh, coming down uh, via uh, Adam Schefter, also uh, Ian Rapoport. Uh, this has nothing to do with, with uh, Earl Thomas. Uh, but Byron Maxwell, they have re-signed Byron Maxwell today to a one-year a deal that could be worth up to three million dollars. So Byron Maxwell is is going to remain a member of the Seattle Seahawks and giving them, of course, some depth there in that cornerback position, Tony.
1: Yeah, that helps. And that was the big question. When will they sign him? After the draft, uh, you know, during uh you know, as they head into the offseason and the OTAs and many camps. Uh, it's good to get him in the fold. Only a one-year deal, so that still tells me uh, they have an eye on a young corner to help them in their depth and come in and compete for that uh, left cornerback position.
2: Tony, for people who weren't listening last night when it happened, give us some thoughts uh, from from your eyes on on the first-round pick on on Penny. What do you what do you think about this and uh, and the decision to draft a running back?
1: You know, decision to draft a running back, I was all for it. I've been uh, all for that since the end of last season. I've been pounding that for the last couple months. Uh, you know, regionally, nationally, and obviously locally on KJR. But uh, uh, you know, I was a little surprised on on the pick, uh, and only surprised because you know I, I start out uh, you know looking at probably about fifteen hundred players around the around the uh, NCAA. Then down, I whittle it down to eight hundred, get down to about three fifty, and then I fine tune it for one hundred twelve that I invite to the NFLPA game. So I. You know, my, I, the guys that I ranked that are on my website, Tony softly.com was 247 ranked this year that I thought were draftable. And I had Penny ranked sixth of those running backs hmm. uh, the level of competition. Uh, you know, there's a few things, uh, you know, third down blocking, um, you know, not, not all his, a lot of his runs and plays are, uh, big hits, home run alleys. Uh, he doesn't have to create space, uh, and defy angles and then get out. Um, and you see some open field running, but the, it's the tight running space that really bothered me a little bit. Um, but when I saw him compete at the combine, it really changed my eyes. Uh, just his acceleration, um, his burst, his change of direction. Um, I, w- I was very pleasantly surprised and, and really had to change my grade on the guy. I still left him sixth. I thought that, uh, you know, Geis and Sonny Michelle, uh, Royce Freeman uh, were guys ahead of him, obviously Barkley. Um, but this is a good running back and he's in a, he's a hell of a kick returner. Um, and, and so I'm excited to see, I'm excited they picked a the running back one, but I'm excited to see this guy in a Seahawks uniform and really how they utilize his skills and how he grows over the years and how he develops.
0: Of all the qualities of a running back and things to improve on is, is third down blocking. Is that the easiest to teach a, a running back coming into the league? How to, how to become better at that?
1: Well, you know what, Puck? uh, There's two things to being a third down uh, blocking running back, and and one is the want to. You've got to be a tough ass. You have to be able to stick your face in there and block You know, blitzing linebackers and safeties off the edge. And the second thing is is recognizing where the pressure is coming from and making sure you're right on your fits. Because if the offensive line is turning to the left and you're supposed to be outside, but you turn to the left with them, all of a sudden, you get your quarterback blown up. So it's it's assignment driven, but also you have to be a tough guy. You've got to be able to stick your face in there uh, and compete at the point of attack.
2: It doesn't mean it won't work out, and I think it, it very. You know, who knows what will happen? But it sounds to me like with him ranked sixth on on your rankings, and you put a lot of work into this, you describe this as a bit of a reach. Reaches sometimes play out fine, but but the, that that end of it would. It, it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that is that a fair characterization?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say reach. I, this is a good football player. Uh, you know, he is. He's got uh, some things to learn, like all of them do. I wouldn't think the, there's none of the guys that I ranked ahead of him that were solid third down blocking backs. Okay. They all they're all going to need that work. Um, you know, I, I would say he's not a reach, but he's just going to need some development. And I like the skill set that he brings to the table.
0: You look at him, and I mean, it's it's if you've you've caught a few games of him this year. You know, when they when he was obviously at San Diego State. And you watch him on that CBS Sports Network, which was always like having them on late night. I mean, he's 5'11", 225 pounds. And, Tony, we discussed it last night. He ran the third fastest 40. I mean, so he looks like when the guys get off the bus, I don't know, he just he looks to me like, okay, well, that, that looks like a, a, a prime running back. The level of competition, that's going to be something we talked about last night. Geis obviously had it when he was playing in the SEC. Michelle, Chubb, all those guys, they were playing against better quality competition. Um I know we're we're rehashing this but the the he doesn't have a lot of uh, wear and tear because he he was the featured back really only one season that was last year his junior season he split carries with Humphrey he had like a little over 100 carries how much is that a benefit to him entering the NFL
1: Oh, that's a huge benefit and, and I said that about Royce Freeman which I really contemplated making Royce sixth and and uh, Penny fifth just because of that reason because Royce has got a lot of tread off the tires. He's had a lot of carries. So when you go back and you look at the touches and you start counting it up between the top six guys that I that I looked at, he had 613 career touches less than those guys. And that that is, what, two seasons. Uh, so, uh, you know, not a lot of tread off the tire. Uh, you know, three-time Mountain West Player of the Year special teams guy as a kickoff returner. He brings a lot of that to the table. The more things you can do in the National Football League, the better, or any, in any uh, form of life as well. Uh, but th- this guy, is uh, he's very, very interesting, uh, and like uh, myself, a lot of people had him as the fifth, sixth, or seventh round running back, and a lot of people had him uh, in the middle to the uh, bottom of the second round as I talked to some people uh, across the uh, country this morning.
2: Depending on how his, uh, you know, the summer goes, and then into camp, and then getting ready for game one, do you do you envision them using him to return kicks at all, or are, are his days doing that? If, if he can be your everyday back, that's not necessarily a risk you want to run, is it?
1: No, I'm not doing that. I heard that. I heard them say that yesterday. That's a great thought. You know, I mean, you better try to go get a kick returner or a specialist later right. in the draft, right? Because you know you're you're pull, you, you you know you traded back, got acquired some picks. What you wanted to do, and you accomplished that. You got a hell of a running back here to stick him back there on a kickoff uh, to get blown up. I, I just to me that that doesn't make much sense. He's going to be your bell cow. It's going to be him and Chris Carson going to compete for that number one. Uh, I think he will emerge as the guy, uh, and, and that'll be it. Uh, go get go get a kick returner. Go get a punt returner somewhere else in the draft.
0: Today, let's say, right now they only have the one pick. Tony seventy six overall, the twelfth pick. Uh, there in the third round, they have a lot of areas they need to address. Is there a more pressing area that they should uh, address first?
1: You know, I, I think uh defensive end is where they should be, uh, be looking. Uh, and, and it's pretty much wide open as far as wh- which direction they want to go. This is where uh, you, you definitely try to fill a need, but you also stick and stay with the best available player within your needs list. Uh, they need a lot. Uh is it an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman? It just depends on what their board dictates uh at that time and, and will they really stay there? Will they acquire another pick somehow uh, higher than seventy six, uh, or or even back into the second round somehow. So it you know, you can't uh you know, discount John Snyder, his ability to move around the draft, uh and let's see what uh what he does in round two.
2: It's it's funny to gauge the fan interest. We do a poll every day and right now it is it is Really, a third, a third, a third, uh, about a third of the people that have responded say they want him to take a defensive lineman, about a third have said offensive lineman, and about a third have said defensive back or linebacker. What if we promote you to, 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 to king of the Seahawks this afternoon and pick number 76 comes up? They haven't made a trade. What What's the area of need that you'd address if it were up to you, Tony?
1: You know, I would probably go defensive end. I'm probably sure that you can't have enough uh, pass rushers. Cliff Averill's still on the roster, but uh, you know it's probably unlikely that he's going to play. Uh, you know, Michael Bennett's gone. Uh, you look at the depth there, and they've got uh, Jordan and a couple other guys that have have flashed some good production. They have, have good athleticism, uh, but I, I think building the depth in their in their defensive front rotation would be key uh, in, in the in the third round. I, I think they have to address that uh and then you move on and, and take care of uh you know possibly a corner an offensive lineman uh or uh, don't discount a tight end. Uh I, I think that uh, a tight end is is possibly in the mix as well.
0: The uh we, we discussed him briefly uh, last night and Shaquem Griffin is that is third round the target for him in the draft?
1: I that's where I have him. Uh you know, I think that uh you know he is a um He's a dynamic outside linebacker. I think he's a 3-4 outside linebacker. I think he's going to be a nightmare on special teams. He's got the size, the speed. Uh, he's got the football instincts. Uh, he's uh, he's tenacious. He's an explosive hitter. Uh, I, I have not targeted uh, bottom of the second, top of the third. Just because of his height, weight, speed, and his workout at the Combine, that was one of the best I've seen in a long time. And, you know, Forget the fact that he, only, he doesn't have a left hand. Uh, he is an exceptional football player and an outstanding person.
2: Uh, in the first round yesterday, everybody now today writes about, you know, these are the teams that did well, these are the teams that didn't. What was the biggest eyebrow raiser for you? What did you hear or see a team do yesterday that made you scratch your head and kind of wonder what they're up to?
1: You know, I, I, think, uh, I think it has to be Cleveland right off the bat. Uh, they took uh, the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, uh, which was okay. I mean, they feel that that was a good fit for them. Then they take a 510 corner in Ward out of Ohio State, which is not indicative of a Ron Wolf uh, disciple. I mean, they're usually six foot uh, corners or, or taller uh, shutdown guys. And, you uh, know, I, I like Ward. Um, you know, I had him in my top three as my third guy. Uh, but just uh, his man cover skills versus larger receivers. Uh, kind of fell off. that's what what the difference of the top three were for me uh, and he landed third because of that so i, I was a little i was a little shocked and'm I'm, I'm generally not shocked i'm usually surprised on them taking him uh with the fourth overall pick
0: just uh, tony going back to, to Griffin just for a second at 76 would that be a fit here do you see him being um someone that would work well with what Seattle does defensively
1: yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, he he's can cover in space uh, regardless of not having the left hand. Uh, you know, I think he's more of a weak outside linebacker, not a Sam. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you get a guy like that, a dynamic off the edge, rush the passer, put him in certain situations in your nickel and dime package, uh, you know, I think he'd be very, very effective. And, again, I think he's going to be a special teams nightmare. I really do.
2: One of the uh, Earl Thomas stories today that has bubbled up is uh, Mike Silver from NFL Network saying that uh, he's uh, learned that there are two teams that have put forth offers to the Seahawks. We would assume the Cowboys are one of those two. Puck and I were talking, Tony, it, it only makes sense that if there's a second team, it has to be a pretty good team, right? I mean, a, a bad team would have to think they've got no chance of keeping Earl past this year. It has to be somebody who's in the mix for the championship if they're, if they're serious about trying to get Earl to stay past one year. Is that a good assumption, do you think?
1: Yeah, that's a good assumption, and, and it's exactly what uh, John Snyder and those guys did last year, which you don't do. Is you don't sign a guy for a one year deal, not knowing if you can sign him back and give away your second round pick, mm. that that is that is just a no no. Uh, so I've I've heard the same thing. I read it this morning in a couple different places that uh, the Cowboys are still thinking about the possibility. Uh, Seattle, uh, you know, wants that fiftieth pick, second round, uh, but they're having a hard time figuring if they can even sign Earl uh, past uh, uh, you know a long term deal, and, and so. It, it, they called it a rental player, which I laughed at, but that's exactly what it is, and that's what Sheldon Richardson was. Don't give up your two and you, and, and not knowing if you can sign that guy back to a long long term deal. Are you not getting
0: value? Let's say Dallas comes back and they've been they've been hesitant to go past this reported second round fiftieth overall pick. If they come back and they say, all right, we'll give you a second and a third. the fiftieth and the eighty first is that is that good value for Earl Thomas?
1: Yeah, that's what I've been saying all along. I, I, I thought one was too high. I thought uh, two twos or a two and a three uh, and possibly a, a two and a player uh, is, uh, you know, that would be the, the parameters on trading. Uh, two and a three, uh, that keeps the conversation alive, and, and I'm not really sure that John and Pete want to get rid of Earl. I'm not really sure. They would have already done that. I mean, uh, a, two, a two twos or a two and a three, Uh, that's generally what people would do. Um, And they know they're not going to be able to sign up to a long-term deal next year. Uh, So, I mean, it's still, the possibility is still uh, on the table. For me, it's about a 50-50 split.
2: If the other team that was interested was the Rams, would you, would you listen at all? If you're the Hawks, they're, they're, they're a rising beast in this division, Tony, would you, if they put together a package, you're like, wow, this is really kind of above what we thought we'd get. Would you listen? Or would you, would you just quietly kind of hang the phone up and say, uh, sorry, uh, no, thanks.
1: No, you'd be very cordial and say thanks, but, uh, no, thanks. You never, <laughs> you never, no. you never give up a, a dynamic player like that to, uh, someone in your, uh, your, your division. That just is, uh, that's just cutting your own throat. And, uh, he would. I mean, you already got Sherman and Frisco. You let him go to the Rams. Oh my goodness, that would be a total nightmare. Uh, and you have to play those uh, two teams twice. So yeah, no, you never, you never trade a dynamic player like that into the division.
2: I'm thinking more from a sports radio talk show host perspective. It would be delightful. <laughs> it, it from what would, we do, it would be glorious. <laughs> but I agree
0: with you yeah, from the would. football perspective. The uh, Tony, who's the uh, Harold Landry right now, the best player available
1: say that again i kind of lost is I is, it is
0: landry right now the best player available i mean who who are the guys as we get ready for day two later today uh at four o'clock
1: oh yeah landry's landry's definitely a guy but he won't be there at 76 no no i'm just uh, no, there, no no there, i'm just
0: saying today when when the second round starts the best player that available right now not for Seattle, just who's the best player that hasn't been picked yet
1: well i think landry you got to look at i think uh there's several of the tight ends uh there's multiple receivers uh i think that uh you know, you got to look at uh, the running backs for sure. Uh, those guys are sitting there at the top of the draft, and and like John and Pete said yesterday, there was such a a big group of runners. You know, you got Nick Chubb and, and the rest of the group sitting there. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean look for uh, look for uh, Landry to come off multiple receivers and tight ends uh, early. Uh, really, really surprised me too. The one thing that surprised me, guys, is uh, two centers getting drafted in the first round. Hmm. I mean that. Right. I mean, I was just shaking my head at that. That was, that was crazy. So. Uh, you know, it's it's been a uh, kind of a crazy deal uh, early. A lot of things happen. Uh Look for the second round not to disappoint.
0: You think, you think they'll go? I mean, how many linemen do you think the Seahawks will take in the course of this draft? Because when you look at their roster, you know, we all could debate whether or not this roster is good with linemen, but they've got they've got a lot of them, and they and it feels like every position is pretty much penciled out.
1: Yeah, you offensive or defensive lineman is it, offensive lineman.
0: Offensive lineman for Seattle.
1: Yeah, yeah, offensive lineman. Uh, I, I would say, and, and I've been saying that the, the five are, are solid. I know a lot of people disagree with me with that, and and Effetti is still uh, on the on the uh, on the job training, if you will, uh, and Fluker is more of a, a road grader than a pass blocker. But when you get that group together and they become a cohesive unit, at some point. Uh, that I think that's going to be a pretty good unit. And then you have Depp, Rizzo Leombo and, and several other guys. Fant uh, can be your swing guys at offensive guard and offensive tackle. Joey Hunt at the backup center is not ideal, but he's an emergency player. Uh, and Posick uh, is, is a starter at left guard. So I, I think they're solid there. Defensive is Defensively is where uh, it, it, it looks better on paper than people are giving credit for. I think Tom Jackson's a hell of a player. The other young man, that they got from Minnesota is uh, 27 years old and up and coming. So and, and with going on with Jared Reed and and uh, Nas, uh, I, I think that is that's solid. Uh, you you got uh, the big guy outside rushing the passer. You just need another left one, uh, another left defensive end. So I, I think that uh, uh, the depth of defensive end uh, is is going to be critical, and I think that's where they'll target uh in uh day two possibly uh, and, and and definitely address it in in the third day of the draft
0: the best of the biz tony softly uh breaking down the nfl draft all right buddy we'll uh, we'll uh, check in with you later tonight
1: all right man talk to you soon thanks there tony
0: tony softly again our nfl draft coverage brought to you by of course frost brewed cores like gas they say whatever your mountain climb on okay <laughs> i'm in I am in. Uh, D Gordon, who has been awesome so far, the start of the Mariners baseball season, patrolling center field, also hitting in the leadoff spot, and uh, he's fast. He is going to join the uh, radio program next, and he's going to have fun.